0: Hello everybody, Quantum Agriculture here and podcast number one and I'm sitting here with David Hunt who's going to talk about changing your soils and change your life. Good morning David, thanks for sitting with us.
1: Good morning Chabri. how are you?
0: I'd like to ask you a few questions. Certainly. Why did you become a farmer?
1: Ours was a lifestyle change from uh, living in Brisbane. We got sick of sort of being in the city life down there, and came home one evening and thought, no, I've had enough of traffic jams, and my wife Kim had had enough, and we said, let's try and find a place where Kim can have some horses and have fun. And that's how we got into farming. It took us about 12 to 18 months to find a place to buy, and we settled on a, an orchard in Maryborough in Queensland and we've been there just over two and a half years.
0: Wow. And was it already planted orchard?
1: <clears throat> the trees were established, they were young, they were five years old and uh, it was actually a little bit run down. Um, the The people that had planted it were elderly and uh, not well. so. They couldn't actually look after the place.
0: And what's the fruit that you grow? Mm-hmm.
1: They're Tahitian limes or uh, a lime, So um, mainly used for drinks and garnishing and cocktails and uh, in, in, especially in the capital cities in Australia then for Asian cooking.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So how do you find farming after two and a half years?
1: How do we find? Look, absolutely love it now. Absolutely love it, and the the name of your podcast is absolutely correct. When we first went into farming, we were taught how to conventionally farm or run an orchard, and it was high on chemical inputs. And about six months in, both Kim and I turned to each other and we said, yeah, farming's not for us. We, We didn't enjoy it at all. And it took us... Another twelve months to realise what we had to change to. and um, through uh, different people talking to different orchards, we've um, ended up sort of going down the biodynamic path, and we are both enjoying it a lot, immensely. It's a mm. lot better.
0: So how would you
1: yeah. find out about yeah. Hugh Lovell? Yeah. Um, we found out through uh, Hines. Uh, finds Guga, the, the chat that's helping with our agronomy advice, and um, yes, he sort of introduced us to Hugh Lovell and all the quantum agricultural ways.
0: Oh, wonderful. <laughs> and here you are at our quantum agriculture advanced course in Sennicharra Rainforest Retreat in Queensland. Well, actually, we're in New South Wales. New South Wales. So what do you see for the future of your farm?
1: We're at the moment, uh, and I say at the moment, for the last eight months, we're in the transition period. So we're basically weaning the trees off the chemicals and trying to build our soil. We've seen huge improvements in eight months. Uh, eight months ago, with a, a sprinkler spike, you needed a hammer to drive it into the ground. Now we can push it in by hand about four inches.
0: Was that sulfur problem?
1: Um, it's feet? a little bit sulfur, it was very high magnesium.
0: Oh.
1: And with the methods that we used, uh, it was continu- it was for five years, there was Roundup sprayed under the trees. Mm-hmm. So the, the soil was sterile. There was no life, no biology in the soil, and it was very hard and compact.
0: Wow. And so, how are you um, generating the biology in your soil now?
1: We're using mulch, compost, um, spraying out with a little bit of hydroslate fish and molasses, mm-hmm. and also putting out um, compost brews you know, to, to introduce and inoculate with fungus and bacteria. Yep.
0: Wonderful. And are you using biodynamic sprays also?
1: We've in the last few months we've started with sprays uh, again through Heinz with his advice. and um,
0: Are you with... using our ecology activator, the homeopathic uh, one? And or...
1: that we've used soil activators oh, and, and things like that, yes.
0: Yeah, because the homeopathic we won't make one for large scale farming is actually uh, homeopathic, we potentized from the soil activator. Yes, yeah. And it's great for large scale farming, that's what we've done. I mean, we've done it specifically for large scale. How many acres?
1: The lime, the orchard is ten acres. Oh, perfect. Um, just over two thousand trees. Wow! So it's actually full time work plus a bit.
0: Yeah. And who does the picking?
1: <laughs> um, both Kim and I pick, and we get uh, casual help in as required. Mm-hmm. So, and lime picking is all by hand. Is it? Yes. Oh uh, wow!
0: I didn't know. I think I think persimmons are too, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I remember Angela Gugler saying we just wouldn't do a tree shaker to our trees.
1: No. <laughs> well with the with the limes they're sized so as you no. pick a lime you're sizing it so oh. if it's too small you leave it on the tree to grow a bit more.
0: Oh, brilliant.
1: So we're, we're picking and sizing at the same time.
0: And how often do you prune?
1: Um, once a year so we're it's a year-round process. It takes uh, a year to prune the whole orchard. So we do yeah. bits at a time.
0: Take a chance to talk to, to Ken Green. He grows apples and cherries, and yeah. you
1: know,
0: <clears throat> they're constantly pruning.
1: Always pruning, yeah.
0: And in this planting calendar that we're getting through, the Menos uh tapes, um, I just listened to one last night where he talks about the opportune times for pruning and what it does. It's very, very interesting because at certain times when you prune, you can actually bring more diseases into the fruit than others.
1: We have a look at that, and on, on, we, we don't know how to actually get a, a timeline in place to do that. Um, if, if I prune full time, it would take seven months wow. to get through every tree. Wow. So it's, um, it, it's, it's a chance to try and maybe fit in some timelines to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You now, Kim Green has a system called KGB, which is his particular pruning system, and he teaches it all over the world. He goes to Chile, and Washington State, and he's developed some way of talk to him, he'll teach. Yeah. So, what? what's the future for your farm? I mean, do you see yeah. yourself doing this in 20 years?
1: Oh yes, yeah. We're really? a- absolutely engrossed in it now, and love the lifestyle, and love love farming way now. So we'll be we'll be here until yeah, till we become energy.
0: And who's, who's going to take over your farm <clears throat> then? Are you having um, ideas?
1: Not at this stage. Uh, we have five children, and um, at this <laughs> stage, none of them are showing any interest. Our youngest, who's fifteen. Um, didn't really want to work for Mum and dad, but uh, readily works across the road at a another lime and avocado orchard. So, and that's really good. Yeah. He's, he's learning other things and, and that would be good for him to learn about other farming and then come back.
0: Yeah, I, You know, Hugh has just always been so happy because like Heinz, he had never farmed before and he came in. And, and then another Swiss couple we know up in the far north, They were engineers from Switzerland, never grew a thing, and they came in, bought this land, and and they hired Hugh as a consultant, and he taught them how to develop, and now they are absolutely famous all over Australia, you know, papayas, papas, roses, papas, the sweetest, the best tastes, you know? So we've always appreciated farmers that entered it in as maybe a second or third career, because they don't have grandpa or dad back there saying, oh no, you have to use chemicals, or you've got to do it this way. And and also we have a pecan grower who used to be a panel beater and then he was a um, a detective in Lismore and he bought a pecan farm and just decided, I am going this whole biological route. And the first thing he did was he planted grass between the rows, had Mm -hmm. never existed this farm goes underwater every year and so you could imagine when it didn't have the grass the, whole, the biology and the roots in what happened but because it couldn't it's was just the wrong thing to do you know um so that, it's very exciting to watch people enter farming that are actually entering it to do it the right way
1: to do it the right way we we were paid a compliment last week by another farmer and he basically said, I've got to take my hat off to you guys. You've made a go of it. And you are learners. And if you don't know something, you'll go out and find out and learn about it. And that's what we do.
0: Yeah, isn't that exciting? It is. It's kind is. of like a
1: new challenge. And keeps you young.
0: That's right. Keeps you young. You know, people, because Hugh deals with these 50,000 acre farms and stuff all the time. And, but, you know, people say, oh, we've only got 10 acres. And my belief is if you've been building 10 acres of humic soil, you've left the best gift to the planet ever. Yeah. Because it lasts 200 years. It'll become self-sustaining.
1: Yeah. So we, we've actually had uh, 40 acres in total. Wow. Um, 10 acres is with the lime orchard. Um, 10 acres is with the house and our two horse paddocks. Yep. And 20 acres... At the moment is sugarcane.
0: Oh interesting.
1: And the sugarcane is grown under lease to the local sugar mill which and the lease has run out this month. We are going to take over that 20 acres of sugarcane and use that as a, a grow our own mulch. For the trees,
0: which is the most highly siliceous mulch you could get.
1: Yes, so we'll we'll grow that and then use that for under the trees
0: Yeah, well done. Well, you putting some good thought into this. It's exciting.
1: It is. Yeah, Yeah, we're enjoying it But it's as I said, we're having fun now and and wouldn't swap it for anything
0: And you picked a perfect consultant because Heinz did exactly what you did. He chose farming as a lifestyle Mm -hmm. change to raise his children and a way they had time to spend time
1: with their children. That's it. That's it. We're there on the holidays and yep. after school when they come home. Yep,
0: yeah. exactly. And, and um, oh, I, I'm, I'm I feel blessed to talk to you.
1: Thank you. <laughs> well, just think about
0: it. You know, not yeah. everybody has. To me, farming is courageous. It's just outrageously courageous. You know, judging in Australia where drought just seems to be the. The thing do you have irrigation or water. Uh,
1: we do. We're um, it's it's very short as most people are at the moment in in Australia. We're looking at to drill another bore. We're looking at to drill another bore um, to to help with the the water problem. Um, but yeah, we we need to do a little bit more rain.
0: Yeah. For those people around the world, a boar means well. I had to learn that. <laughs> yeah. And a dam means pond <laughs> or lake, depending on the size. Or lake, yeah. yeah. So. Well, it's a new language for me. Um, wow, what else can I ask you? So, what, what's your happiest moment of farming?
1: Um, believe it or not, our, uh, one of our happiest moments is, is compliments from, and it's actually from the uh, the guys that own all the sugarcane land around us. And We were chatting to them and they said, you guys have really made a difference to that, that orchard. We can we can see, as we drive past, we can see the difference, you know, month by month, week by week that you're doing and, you know, the health of the trees and the health of the block. So yeah. we've made a big difference. So it's, it's really good. That's yeah. a nice pat on the back.
0: And what's your most challenging moment?
1: Uh, well, the challenging moment was um, about six months in, as I said, when we we realised that, yeah, maybe farming's not for us. You know, we don't want to be spraying out chemicals and Roundup. And, and if this is farming, yeah, I think we should go back to the city. Um, and that was, it was, it was a fairly depressing time for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because, you no, know, we sunk all our money into it. And you can't get out of farming that easy, um, so oh, we're stuck. And then um, when the the revelation was, you know, well, you can farm differently. Well, tell us how. Beautiful. And um, and that was a good. And then that's when it turned around. Yep, exactly. So,
0: and and you know, when you talk to people here like Tim, you know, because he's been going biological for so long, and. He said to me recently, about eight months ago, he says, gosh, you know, I'm still putting out all these amendments. And I said, but look at your soil now. You're going to be so biologically active, soon you won't have to put anything, or only occasionally you'll have it all in balance enough. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There. It's not like you've got to do this every year. Once you get those, this, you know, all your levels right, like you've seen up on those charts, and... um. then you'll see it cooking itself. It'll be biologically active and you know, it won't be this endless drain of your finances.
1: Well, we can see the improvement in the soil now with um, the progression of weeds. So what weeds were there when we first moved in and and what's happening now is the weed structure is changing. Um, We didn't realize what it was, but um, sort of with, with Hugh and with hines we can see oh yeah those weeds have that job done and now they've gone away and now these weeds are coming in and and they're doing a job so they're not really weeds they're they're workers and we have workers working for us while while we're here in a rainforest retreat and they're still working back there at the orchard (laughs) so yeah thank you for that and 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 the biology in the soil you know we've got worms and and things are starting to appear now, so.
0: And when you pick it up and you smell it, and you smell that beautiful, you know, when mm. those, a ton of my take over and you have it nice, oh, smell, that smell, smell there. is so beautiful. It's just a blessing. So what was your profession before? I know everybody's going to mock, sitting back there saying, um, what did you do before?
1: <laughs> what did I do before? I, I, I'm a fitter and turner. Okay. Uh, by trade and worked in mining and Refineries for many years, and the gas industry, which Mm -hmm. will uh, maybe horrify quite a few people. uh,
0: Whatever it takes with
1: with coal seam gas and things like that. You you
0: you got to buy the farm.
1: But we got to buy the farm, and
0: um, actually, the guy I said in Lismore, he was a turner and fitter, not a panel. He was turner and fitter. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great basis for farming because of all the equipment breakdowns.
1: It's great for mechanical breakdowns. That's right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so, And my wife was uh, in the corporate world, with, in, uh, in business in Brisbane, so
0: yeah,
1: yeah. No, no farming, no didn't even grow, have a veggie patch. Wonderful. So, and do you
0: have a veggie patch now?
1: Oh, yes, yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: You'd be surprised how many of the farmers in this room don't have a veggie patch.
1: Yeah, no, we, we grow our own veggies and everything from asparagus and oh, turmeric and... Tomato and ginger, and I hope. Ginger and galangal and yeah, yeah. all sorts of things. Yeah,
0: you know, ginger exudes quite a bit of um, nice microfungals mm. into the soil. So, in fact, when Hugh sets mm. up a new garden, that's the first thing he plants that's is ginger. Ginger, yeah. Yep, because it, it actually works for the soil. Yeah, doing its yeah. thing.
1: Well, we uh, speaking to Hugh, we put some ginger in and it failed. And he said, what? Was why, just, why, why this was it? just two weeks ago. And, no, no, and he said, "Why did it fail?" And he said, um, what, "Where did you put it?" And he said, "We put it in this garden bed that we've, and it was too rich. And it was too rich. Yeah, the, the soil was actually. And he said, "Well, next time you do a garden bed, have it in the bad soil and, well, that, that's and his, that'll help know, build your soil."
0: That happened to him himself. He was the first person in Georgia to grow ginger. And in North Georgia, where we were, is it freezes hard, and nobody thought you could grow ginger there. Well, it became a, a crop that he could ship off to biodynamic CSAs up north that couldn't grow ginger. Now they're growing ginger in Canada. But he discovered early on, like he discovered everything about putting too much compost. You can overcompost your soil. and then he tried the way back patch, and I knew that piece very well because it's right when you go up to my house, just deadpan. I mean, there was not life in it, so—and he planted it up in ginger, and it turned it around in a year. Mm. Just one crop of ginger set it up, and that's boner, you know? So have you tried aloe vera?
1: Yeah, we've got aloe vera plants as well. Um, kale. Oh, uh, yeah no it's we're, we're, we're quite diversified in the in the bit when i say veggie patcher it's veggie patches there's um garden beds everywhere yeah so, oh wonderful in, in old rainwater tanks and bathtubs in raised garden beds and under trees and yeah lots
0: beautiful of them. So, beautiful well, i really want yeah. to thank you david for this interview i don't want you to miss any of your great class with Hugh Lovell and on the quantum agriculture trail this from Chera Rainforest Retreat, we'll close down for now. Thank you very much.